Good morning, Shiloh. My name is Josh Locke. I am an elder here. Uh, Merry Christmas. I want to say that at first service I didn't, so Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, we're, thank you, Ed. We're glad that you're here celebrating and, and uh, joining us on a Sunday. Uh, we are starting or continuing our series called God With Us, and you know, Pastor Greg last week shared that Christmas time is often a time of, of joy. Uh, it's a time of celebration, but it also can be a time of you know, loneliness it can be a time of um, stress or sadness. And, you know, we want to take the next couple of weeks and remember that God is with us in all of these things. Um, and, and that's really our, our series here. And, and Pastor Greg shared that God, at the mountaintops, we get to enjoy God. In the valleys, we get to, to know God. And it's in the wilderness, which is what we'll be looking at today, is we can um, experience God. So, the, the series is really centered around this verse, Matthew 1, 23. Am I echoey here? I feel like I'm in an echo. No? Okay, it's just me. Uh, Matthew 1, 23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I love that. That's his name, God with us. I think names can be really profound. It's a defining fact about who God is, that he is with us. And that was one of the names that, that God has called. And you know, we're looking at how God is with us in the wilderness, and, and we'll look at Scripture and see three examples where um, we can see God with us in, uh, in the wilderness where we can experience His provision, we can experience His presence, and we can experience His power. Uh, before we do that, I want to share a quick story with you uh, about my experience in the wilderness. So this happened about 10 years ago in the summer. Uh, my, my friend Josh and John and my brother and two of his friends decided we were going to go on a canoe trip. Uh, and we were going to be cool and go on a survival canoe trip where uh, we didn't bring pretty much anything with us for supplies, and we just canoed and lived off the land for, for a day. So this was just totally ridiculous, um, what we were doing. So we get in this canoe, and like, just to, to give you a sense of my preparedness, um, I watched a lot of Survivor Man beforehand, so I, I had some skills that I built up, in theory, not in practice, and I had a T-shirt, shorts, sandals, like a little pocket knife in my phone. My friend John brought a sword with him. So we were ready to go. We were ready to face the wilderness. And my, um, so we start off before my brother and his friends because they had to work or something. So we just told them, you know, we'll, we'll, you'll see us on the side of the river. Right? That, that was it. So um, we go. We're canoeing. Um, you know, we, we get the hang of it. We're fine. And uh, we find a little place to, to, to camp on this river. And so we uh, built a, a teeny fire, which we did. I'm sure we had a lighter for because there's no way we just were like sparking it with, you know, flint and steel or something. We were not that good. Um, and we built this pitiful little shelter uh, that would not have done really anything. It didn't do anything uh, to keep us warm or protected from the, from the elements. So my brother gets there. Um, he was wise. He's like, okay, well, he brought a tent. He brought a blanket. He brought some food. So, you know, we, we sit around the fire. We go to sleep. Uh, and... All but my friend Josh and I are in our shelter. Everyone else is in the tent, and Josh and I are just laying there. And, okay, it's, it's cold, right? It's starting to get pretty cold out. Even though it's July, it's like 50s, um, and we're just laying on the ground, um, shivering in, in this, this shelter. And I can remember just closing my eyes and just I could, thinking, I just want to fall asleep so that way 
I can wake up and this can be all over. Right? That's what, that was my mentality. It was, uh, it was not a good wilderness experience. So I open my eyes and I see the spider just like start to slowly fall down onto my stomach from, from the shelter that we were in. So, okay, we ended up going in the tent. Um, this tent was probably made for, for a family of four, two adults and two kids, and there were six grown men in this tent, one blanket, and we survived the night somehow. Um, it was very cold cold night. So we get up and um, we're, we're prepared, we're ready to go. There is uh, these little rapids, so nothing major at all, like class, I don't know, what the, class five is the worst, right? This is class like point five. It was very, very tiny because uh, we would have died, I think, otherwise if there were anything bigger. So we start going down and um, my brother and his friends are in the canoe and we see them just go, they hit a rock and their canoe sinks. I mean, like it, it has a hole in it and it sinks and they are just floating out of the canoe and go down the river through the rest of the rapids. So we see this and we, we turn a different way to try to, to try to find something different. And we flip over, of course, as well. And we get all soaked and, um, and we, we float down the river until we're at some like shallow area. So we all kind of take stock and um, one of the canoes can't really hold anyone. We just tow it. And the other canoe has this bin with my brother's things in it. And one of my brothers, or one of my friends is in the front, and my brother's in the back of the canoe, and the rest of us just hang on to the canoe in the water while they paddle us to get the two-plus hours or wherever we needed to go to get, to get out of there. And we, we finally got so cold that we just were like, all right, we need to figure out a way to get in this canoe. So we, we pull off to the side, and we're able to do it where someone is sitting in the very tip, not the, the seat, but the very tip of the canoe. We're sitting on the front. Um, someone's in the seat right behind I think two people are sitting on the bin in the middle of the canoe. Someone's in the seat and someone's in the back. So there's six of us in this canoe. There's about this much clearance between the edge of the canoe and the water. So if we bounce one way or the other, you know, we're flipping. Uh, and so we eventually get out and we get picked up and we're fine. Um, you know, the wilderness uh, really destroyed us that day. I mean, we got beat down. We, were, uh, we did not survive that well. Uh, and we're talking about how God is with us in the wilderness. And now this was self-inflicted. I get that. This was my fault that, that we went there. Uh, but there's some, some parallels we can pull from that. Um, when I was thinking about, okay, how do we define the wilderness? What does that look like? It's pretty broad. And it's pretty broad because uh, I just felt led by the Lord to leave it more open. Oftentimes, I, I want to define something and then be able to use that to carry through. And I just felt like God wanted this to be a more broad sense because, you know, all of us are in different places of our life and different seasons of our life. And so um, th- this, I hope, speaks to, to all of us in different ways. So here's a couple, uh, some definitions, some thoughts around the wilderness. Uh, a wilderness can be a season that's spiritual where you feel, you know, maybe distant from God. Um, circumstantial or personal, something going on in your life or a situation like a job or just a, a diagnosis with a long, a long journey. The wilderness is barren and it's harsh. It's often a metaphor for the challenges in life. Um, there, there are seasons of, of dry, dryness, of distance, of loss or opposition. Maybe a season of ab- abandonment or solitude, despair or wandering or failure. You know, I, again, I said broad. Dr. Uh, Donald Ekstrand, who's a theologian, said this about water, he said, or about the wilderness. Water is scarce. Travelers walk alone. In spiritual wilderness, God feels far away, distant, absent, and unresponsive. Faith feels uncertain. We feel alone, vulnerable, lost, and unprotected, and there's a fear of hopelessness. 
You know, for me, when I, when I think about a season of being in a wilderness, um, it's often in a spiritual sense, and I can think back in my past to just a time where, you know, I would read the Bible, and it would just be like reading the Bible, like any other book. Nothing would really happen for me. Um, or I'd worship, and it was just, that was it. I was just singing. Or it was praying, and it was me, me just praying, and there wasn't really a whole lot. I just, I felt distanced um, from God. And, you know, the, the wilderness is an opportunity for us uh, to either lean into that and draw near to God or to push him away. You know, when we're placed in these situations, God, God gives us a chance to do that. And we'll look, I mentioned earlier, that we'll look at how God provides for us in the wilderness, that he brings his presence and he, he gives us his power. And, and, you know, it's sometimes at a lack of feeling or emotion, but truth. And, and, and truth is, is what's there with us throughout. First Peter 5.10 says, In the God of all grace, who called you in his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Now, we'll see an example where Jesus is led into the wilderness. And you know, God, God can lead us into places like a wilderness. And, and there's some suffering that goes along with that. But at the end of the day, after a little while, he will restore us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's pray. Father, thank you that in, in all the seasons of life, I mean, you, you are good. Your word says that you're good. And so as we walk through these different seasons, that there is a reason for that. There's a reason for why we go through that. And through all of this, help us to remember and take hold of the truth that you are with us. You're with us in the wilderness, and you're with us always. Amen. All right. So, God's provision in the wilderness. This is the story of the Israelites. So, uh, the Israelites have been released from Egypt as slaves. They have crossed the, Jordan, the, uh, the Red Sea, it parts, and they go into the wilderness, and they're going to the promised land. Uh, and the promised land is not very far for them, and they send some spies in to scout it out. The spies come back, and they say, whoa, 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 we can't, we can't do this. Right? And, and the Israelites, all, all but two of the spies do that. The Israelites say, oh, oh man, okay. And they, they don't believe. And then the Lord, God brings them into the, the wilderness for how long? 40 years, 40 years, which essentially is a death sentence. All of the people in, of Israel who were of, of age, and I don't know where God drew the line, uh, but that they died. They all were brought to the wilderness to die. Now, I'm not here saying, um, I know this is not a good way to kick off a message, you're not being brought to the wilderness to die, okay? I'm telling you that right now. Um, yes, the people, the lowercase p, people of Israel did die, but capital P, the people of Israel, we see God's provision in the, in the wilderness throughout the entire time. And we see that Exodus 16, 4 through 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So God makes bread come down from heaven. He makes these birds show up that, I mean, feasibly are pretty easy to catch, uh, and he makes water come out of rocks. In the middle of the desert, God is providing for the Israelites. And, you know, for, for our wilderness season, we can know that our God is a God who provides. In fact, it's his name. It's one of his names. 
when Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac, right? Isaac is the promised child. God tells him to go up to a mountain, and he's about to stab him. And right before he does, the angel says, stop, and there's a, a ram there. And they sacrifice the ram. Abraham says this. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. That name there in Hebrew is Jehovah Rapha. Is anyone, or, no, excuse me, Jehovah Jireh. Anyone know that song? Jehovah Jireh. No? Thank you. Okay, there we go. There we go. Thank you. I see some people bopping. Thank you. So his name, God's name, is that he is our provider. So, Shiloh, I don't know where we're at in the season. I don't know what wilderness maybe you find yourself in, but I would encourage you to say that God is a God who provides. He provides for us in those seasons. Um, And what did he provide for the Israelites? He provided exactly what they needed. And it was just for that day or sometimes two days. That, that's it. It's, it wasn't always, here's everything that you need. As much as we want that, sometimes God wants us to grow in our dependency of him. And that's why in the wilderness we have an opportunity to lean in and draw near to him or to lean away from that. So um, usually this time of year, it's really the holidays market. I, I sometimes get a cold and my cold will turn to congestion and then my congestion will lead to where I can't taste anything for a little bit. Does that happen to anyone in here where you can't taste anything? Thank you. I asked that last service. No one raised their hand. I was about to get on WMD and, and search for my symptoms. I thought there was a big problem here. So sometimes, sometimes you can't taste, right? And that's happened over Thanksgiving. You know what? Even at Thanksgiving, if I can't taste, am I just going to eat salad because I know that's the healthy thing to do? No, I'm going to eat all the good food, right? I'm going to eat the turkey and the stuffing and the, the pies, all that stuff, right? I, I'm going to do that even though it doesn't, I can't taste anything at all. And you know, what I would encourage you is if you are needing provision, if you're needing God's provision, go to where you know something has been good before. If there have been verses that have encouraged you before, go to those verses. If, there have been, if worship has encouraged you before, go back to worship. And even if you're not getting that same feeling as you did before, it's still there. It's still that food. So even if you can't taste it, go back to where you've had good provision uh, to, to experience that from the Lord. All right. We can experience God's pr- uh, presence in the wilderness. So this is a story of Elijah, and this is what, what our kids have been learning at in kids' church recently. Um, the kids... Uh, so if Kathy were here, I would, I would uh, make a comment because of the story that I'm about to tell. Elijah basically challenges these priests. And it's like, I think, 2,000 priests where he challenges them to ultimately a contest where he says, well, you build an altar for your God, uh, and I'll build an altar for my God, and we'll call down to our gods for fire and see what happens. So all these priests are doing that, and they're, they're calling down for fire to their false god, and obviously nothing happens from it. And, he, and Elijah is just trash-talking them. He's just taunting them, saying like, oh, maybe you should talk a little louder. Like he's, he's you know, really messing with them. Nothing happens. And then Elijah calls down fire, and fire comes down from heaven and consumes his sacrifice, all the stones, and the sacrifice of the, uh, of the, the priest as well, right? So he obviously wins that. And then they go and they kill all these priests. Um, and, and then Elijah goes on the run. So Elijah's on the run. He's in this cave, and he just cries out to the God. He's like, he just wants to be done. And he's so distraught. He's so afraid and overwhelmed. And he, he's just like, God, I can't do it anymore. And he goes to sleep, and then God makes food appear for him twice. Just randomly, like food, I think bread and water, show up for him uh, two times. So we see God's provision in that. Uh, and then 
God calls Elijah to go into the wilderness. And he sends him on a journey to the wilderness to Mount Sinai. And that's where we pick up right here. So 1 Kings 19, 10 to 13. And then he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in an earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he put on his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So the rest of the story is God goes and tells Elijah exactly what he should do. You know, I think a lot of us probably want God to talk in these huge ways. We want him to talk in the big earthquake, the, the big wind or that big fire. We, we want that, and sometimes God does, but oftentimes God talks in a whisper. And you know, why, why does God talk in a whisper to us? It's because he's close to us. My son, Andrew, before um, he gave up his passy, uh, he would he'd be in his crib, he'd be laying down, and um, he'd call out in the middle of the night. And so, you know, I, I wake up from a deep sleep. I stumble into his room, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to hear what he's saying to, to see why he's calling out. And, you know, I, he just looks at me, and he just is like, and mumbles something. And I have no idea what he's saying because he's whispering. And I'm standing on the sound machine trying to block the sound, and I'm leaning over the crib trying to, like, listen in to hear what he's saying because he's whispering. And, you know, I, I had to get close. I had to get close. And Shiloh, the reality is that we can experience God's presence at any point because God is near to us. And he speaks to us in a whisper because he's close. John 10 says that we, his sheep, we know his voice. So I would encourage you, maybe... Maybe there, you're in a season where you're, you're saying, God, I, I just don't know where you are, right? Maybe, maybe God's asking you to kind of put aside some of the distraction. There was a season in my life where um, I'd just gone through like a, a, a big breakup and um, I, I found myself, like I, I wasn't really walking with the Lord, I was just kind of aimlessly walking in life and I found myself in a situation where God was just pulling out every distraction he could from my life where, you know, this happened, the breakup, and I'm, I am basically alone all the time where my, my roommates were never around and our schedules just never worked. And so I, I found myself being in a place where I was just alone a lot. Uh, and it was, it was pretty challenging for me. You know, God was calling me back to him. He was bringing me through this, this journey, this challenge, and he was calling me back to him. And he was he was taking aside all the distractions that were there. You know, I always had music on. I always had TV on or something. And he just had me shut it all off. And there were, there were periods of time where it was just quiet. And I was fearful. I was fearful of that because, you know, I, I was worried would he show up. I was worried because I, I hadn't really lived in that before. And I'll, I'll tell you what, man, God met me in those moments of, of quiet. He met me in those moments of, of solitude. And it was with a whisper, and it was a quiet voice that he was speaking to me and encouraging me and really just set me on to the path that I'm on right now. And I'm so thankful that God brought me through that place. Was it suffering? Was it a little challenging? It absolutely was. But at the end of the day, it was so much better 
to be closer to God and to be in the place that God wants for me. Last we see, uh, we can experience God's power in the wilderness. Oh, oh hold on. Matt, uh, so hold on. Forget I said that. Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. You know, I, I think sometimes it's easy for us to have distractions all around with the radio on, the TV on, music playing, even, even worship music. I mean, sometimes, you know, if you're looking for that, the presence of God, and you're feeling like you, you don't have that, or you're not experiencing it, I would, I would challenge you to maybe pull aside some of those distractions. You know, maybe God is speaking. We know his voice, but sometimes it's a whisper, and sometimes we need to get rid of some of the other things to be able to hear him in that. All right. We can experience God's power in the wilderness. Matthew three sixteen to four one, and as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and at that moment the heaven was opened, and he, he was, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, "This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased." Then the Lord was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You know. If you know the story, Jesus goes into the wilderness. I think it's very interesting that he was led by the Spirit. You know, when you think about, does God, does God call us to, to the places that we're in? Does God want us to be in the season that we're in right now? I mean, he, he led Jesus. He'll lead us as well. And will there be a little suffering in that? Absolutely. But he promises to restore us. And Jesus here, um, we get to see how he uses God's power. So Jesus is tempted three times. The enemy says, well, you should, you know, turn these stones into bread. And each time, the way Jesus counters that and shuts the devil up is by saying, well, it is written. It is written. And he gives us this model. And, and uh, I shared about this a, a couple months ago, this, this model that we have for, for how we counter the enemy. And it's by using God's words. It's by calling on the promises of God. And really, that's what we're doing here. We're calling on God's promises to experience his power. Now, just like Jesus said, it is written, you know, we can say, God, your word says that I am your sheep and I know your voice. And maybe I'm not feeling that right now, but I, I believe your word to be true. Last week, Jess uh, Kino shared a, a testimony about uh, recovering from, from cancer and, and how that, that really brought her voice to, to be here uh, and, and the impact on her son. And it was to a song... Um, thing called Waymaker. And in that, there was a phrase that said, Jesus is a promise keeper. He is who he says he is. And that really resonated with me. You know, God is who he says he is for us. And sometimes in the wilderness, it's hard for us to, you know, to, to maybe remember that or to, to find power in that. Um, but just like food that maybe doesn't taste good, calling on God's promises by saying, God, your word says this. Calling on those promises there's still power in that, even if we don't feel it. If you go to shilohcommunity.church slash your word says, you'll see a, a little uh, printout of different, different categories where you can call onto the power of God. If there's some situation that you need peace, if you're just feeling unrest, man, God, your word says you'll give me peace that passes understanding. Or God, your word says you've not given me a spirit of fear. And you know, the wilderness is really an opportunity where we can call upon those promises. 
where we can exercise that. And I think sometimes, as much as we don't like to have to do that, God wants us to exercise our faith. He wants us to exercise our, our ability to use this word and to, to call out to him. And it, man, I, I can't think of anything more powerful to call to God than his own words back to him. Uh, that, that's a powerful thing. You know, after, after Jesus goes out of the, the wilderness and is, is led out of that, Luke tells us that he's still filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I, I would encourage you if, you, if you're walking through a season or if you're feeling, you know, that, that you, you're not able to get through this without power, man, God, God promises that he, he is there with us to walk us through that. And just like Jesus was still filled with power, I mean, we can still walk in the wilderness to be filled, not with our power, because we're not going to be able to do it on our own, but it's with God's power. So we, we looked at Matthew or uh, 1 Peter 5.10. The God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. You know, is it, is it a little suffering to walk through the wilderness, to walk through a challenging season of our life? Absolutely, it's there. But we have a promise from God that he will, that it'll be for a little while and that he will restore us, that he'll make us strong, firm, and steadfast in him. And that would be my encouragement for all of us. You know, God, God is with us. And in this season uh, of Christmas, sometimes that's really easy to remember and sometimes that's hard to remember. But I want to encourage you that in the wilderness, in the season that you walk in, that God is with us and he brings his provision. It's there. It's there for us to, to take, that he brings his presence. And maybe it's only a whisper, but he's there, and his, and his word says that we know his voice, and we can experience his power. So, you know, what is the wilderness that you're walking in right now? You know, nothing's okay. If you're not, in, if you're not feeling like you're in a wilderness season, um, that, that is okay. That's fine. I, I would encourage you to be prepared to be prepared for when God leads you to that place, to, to where God is going to, to ask you to exercise some of your faith. And where can you find God's provision? Look where you've gone before. Look to that food that you know has been good before uh, to find God's provision. And God's presence is close. And I, I would encourage you, if, if you feel... Uh, if you're not feeling that, if you're saying, okay, God, your word says this, your word says that your presence is here, I'm not feeling it, ask him. That's a fair prayer. That's a great prayer to ask God. God, show me where you are or show me where you were when I walked through this. That, that's a fair prayer to say. And how can we walk in God's power in our current situation? You know, how, how can we take hold of the promises of God and exercise that faith? Because in, in this season that we're in or maybe the season that you've been in or will be in, you know, we'll, we'll need God's power. We're going to need God's power to walk out um, in that. So um, I said earlier that, you know, I, I, I didn't define the wilderness in a big way. Um, and that's because I, I just felt like the Lord wanted to minister to where we were at. And so uh, what I'd like to do is, is just pray for, for anyone who says, yeah, I'm just walking through something right now. Um, and, and what I want us to do is... Uh, extend our hands towards you. So if you feel like you're walking in a wilderness or you need some encouragement, could you just raise your hand so we could pray for you? We'd love to lift you up. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so let's pray. Extend your hands to them. God, I thank you that you are with us, that you are Emmanuel. You are God with us. 
Thank you that you're our provider. So for all these situations and seasons that we're in right now, Lord, would you, would you show up in a big way? And maybe not in, a, in an earthquake or a giant wind, but would you show up in a way that we hear your voice and it's exactly what we need. It's just the perfect word for where we're at right now. Thank you, God, that you're a provider, that you do all things for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purposes. So would you encourage the body now? We thank you, Father, for being with us in the wilderness. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Have a great week, everyone. And if you can help us stack chairs, uh, five high, you can just leave them where they're at. Thank you.